sometimes um, in life, things are burdensome. Take, for instance, this picture. Things are burdensome. When you put eight gallons of water in a container and carry it, a, oh, a good quarter mile or more to your, to your house, um, it becomes burdensome. That's my um, backside with the big yellow thing, and that's my daughter, Krista, who served with the Peace Corps in Burkina Faso, Africa. And this is the way you got water. And I'm just going to tell you that it's a it's burdensome to get your water that way, to have to take that container and go to the pump, pump it all up, and then carry it back. And, of course, this is the way they carry it in Burkina Faso, so I thought, well, if they can carry it that way, I can carry it that way. Um, it's difficult, let me tell you. In fact, um, this wonderful smile on my face is really a grimace telling Linda, please take the picture quickly. <laughs> Because I can't just stand here like this. But there are things in your life, in your life and my life, that are burdensome to us. And yet there are also things in our lives that are a burden. They are things that we have to carry, but we um, do so with, with love and compassion. Like uh, this next picture. Um, that little guy was not too much of a burden. That's uh, Sterling, my, my grand, one of my grandsons. And, um, you know, they're, they're up there, and it's a little bit of a burden. But there's great joy for those of you who are, um, are a dad or a grandpa. There's, there's joy in putting your kid on your shoulders and going for a walk or going for a hike. Uh, one thing I learned early in life with our oldest daughter, Trinity, when I had her on my shoulders and I was bouncing her around uh, the church parking lot, um, I all of a sudden felt this cool, liquidy thing upon my head. Poor little kid. Made her sick to her stomach and she let dad know that in the kindest of ways. So if you carry kids like that, don't bounce them. Um, but anyway, uh, I carried him, but he wasn't burdensome. Maybe a burden, but not burdensome. Why? Because I love that little guy. And I, I can't do that anymore with him. He's kind of reached that point. But I want to talk today about the difference between something being burdensome and something being a burden. If you take your scriptures and turn to 1 John chapter 5, we're walking through uh, John's letter to the church. And we find ourselves in chapter 5. Let me read it for us. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And we sang that today with full voice, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, who has been, has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. We love the brothers and the sisters, the church, each other. By this we know that we love the children of God. Here's the, the way we know. This is the picture. This is what we hold on. We, when we love God and obey his commandments. And if you remember anything about the, the first four chapters that have preceded this, this is the common theme. 
God loves you, you love God, you show your love of, to God by obeying his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. There's the word, not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? There's a difference between something being burdensome and something being a burden. We are told here that we are the children of God as we put our faith, we put our belief in the person of Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And we are told here that as those who believe in Jesus, who have put their faith, their trust, their belief, who have surrendered their lives to him, the response for us to God's love is to obey his commandments. And what is the commandments? We come back to uh, Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 22, verse 34, uh, when someone asked Jesus, when the religious leaders asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Now, there were, we know there were 10 commandments given to Moses, and a good 365 other commandments and guidelines and directives in the scriptures. So it's a good question, which, which is the greatest commandment? Since we're finding it difficult to obey the 365, Jesus answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. In this is summed up the, the whole of the law and the prophets. That's, that's God's command for us, that we are to obey, that we love God with everything we have, time, treasures, talents, skills, abilities. We love him with everything, with every ounce of our being. That's what we're called to. That's the, that's the bar, right? Now, I realize that there are times that you don't get there. There are times that we um, fall short. There are times when things uh, crowd into our minds, into our lives. I was reading this past week um, in a book um, called this, The Discerning Life. And the author says, talks about having a um, preference a per, uh, toward God. Not just the God that is with us, as important as that is. That we um, move toward God. And when we're faced with the things of this world, we choose God. We per it prefer sounds rather weak, but we move toward God. When I'm faced with 
uh, a moral dilemma. This is bad and this is good. I move to the good. When I'm faced with the uh, opportunity to be disobedient to God I, and obedient to God, I must choose obedience because my leaning is toward God, not toward myself. So we keep his commandments. And John says that his commandments are not burdensome. They don't come with lots of rules and expectations. Just one, not two. Love God, love each other. You don't have to worry about how many steps you can take on the Sabbath. You could even enjoy bacon. You don't have to um, worship God on any certain day, but you can be involved in that worship all the time. His commandments are not burdensome. Remember what Jesus said in, in, uh, in Matthew, Matthew 11. Um, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You know, the, the, um, the Jews of Jesus' day, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, piled on to people all these expectations and things you had to do if you were going to follow God. And Jesus' response to that is, I'm not laying anything on you that you can't bear. My yoke is easy. The religions of this world, the philosophies of this world, put all sorts of weights on us that we have to do this and not do that. We have to give um, exorbitant amounts of money. You know, the list goes on. But Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He loves you. He loves me. He's excited that you woke up this morning and made a choice to come here. To join with God's people to worship God. You see, that's what we came for today. At least that's what we should have came for today. To worship God. Yeah, it's good to see one another. That's, that's great. Um, it's great to be able to enjoy donuts and coffee. I think we should put a sign above that little cafe there that says um, the t temptation table. You know, do I just so want, and I, and I appreciate the people who are who run that because you're trying to help us. You cut everything in half, <laughs> which just means I have to pick up two napkins. <laughs> All those things are good, 
We love to hear the little kids sing, to see what's in the box, to sing great songs, full voice. We may even like the sermon, especially if I get out in about nine minutes. But that's not why we came today. We came today to worship God. In fact, that should be the call at the end of uh, our announcements and that opening scripture and prayer, the final words of that section shall be, let us worship God. Let us worship God. That's what we've come to do. And that doesn't have to be burdensome. It's soul-lifting. It calls us to remember the greatness of God and of his grace and of his compassion. There were songs that we sang today that the truth sunk into me and I'm moved to tears. I can't sing that song without crying. Not because it's emotional, but because it's true. That Jesus is my redeemer. He has ransomed me for heaven. He is the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. John says the commandments are not burdensome because we have placed our faith in Jesus. And then he, he just, he kind of wraps up that, that paragraph by saying, uh, we can do this because we have overcome the world. Paul calls us uh, in the letter to Romans, he says that we are to present ourselves uh, living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God for, um, some versions say, this is our spiritual worship. I like the other translation that says, this is our reasonable worship. This is what's expected of us. It's reasonable that all that God has done for us in Christ, it makes sense for us to present ourselves as living and holy sacrifices. And Paul goes on to say, we don't have to be conformed to this world. We transform by God. We are overcomers because of what God has done for us in Christ and for what he's doing on us now as the Holy Spirit. We do not have to be conformed to this world any longer. We can make a choice because of the Spirit in us. We can make a choice to follow God to be transformed. And that's why we spend time in the word. That's why we spend time humbly, quietly before God. That's why we uh, worship together because all of that is transforming. Makes us like Jesus. Brings us back to that created state that we read about in Genesis, that we are created in the image of God. We are overcomers. And then, not only are we overcomers, but 
he uses that other word there in end of verse 4, and he says, um, he reminds us that we have victory. Victory. Remember the, you know, the old hymn, right? I'm not going to sing it, don't worry. But it's some of you who have walked a long time with Jesus, it's already in your head. Victory in Jesus. And then he says, this is the why you are overcomers. This is why you are victorious over the world. It's your faith. But make note of this, brothers and sisters. It's not because you possess some faith power. I have faith, therefore I am an overcomer. I have faith, therefore I have victory. No, the faith is not what resides in you, it's in whom it resides in the person of Jesus. It's not just faith, but it's faith placed in Jesus. We can put our faith in lots of things. But it's only when we place our trust, our faith, our obedience to Jesus that we have victory, that we overcome, that things are not burdensome. Loving one another, and I'll wrap up with this, loving, loving one another when done in the grace of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, can be, can carry with it a burden. You have kids that you love intensely. And with that, intense love comes a burden. My son graduated from college in December, living in Southern California. He's couch surfing, if you understand that term. No job, on a couch, all of his personal belongings in a few boxes stuffed in a guy's garage. And dad is burdened. Every day, dad is burdened. So we say to him, Linda and I say, come to Lawrence, we've got a room for you. We'll give you free meals. And his response is, I am never moving to Kansas let alone South Dakota. <laughs> but my heart is burdened. And you, you parents, grandparents, you know that. You understand that. But it's not burdensome. It's a burden like me and my grandson. It's a burden I welcome and I put on my shoulders and it's there because I love somebody. I put the burden of little sterling on my shoulders because I love the little guy. So 
So sometimes when you love, it's going to come with a burden. But it doesn't have to be burdensome. Because the love of God is alive in us. So place your faith in Jesus. Believe that he is the Messiah, the Son of God. Surrender yourselves to him and he will hold with you your burden. We remember what Peter writes in his first letter. Chapter 5, verse 7. Cast all of your anxiety on Christ, for he cares for you. Someone once defined that word, gave me a bigger picture of what that word cast means. If you have ridden a horse, if you own a horse and you have a saddle, you um, don't take that saddle and just kind of lightly lift it up and place it gently on the back of your steed. But you heave ho, you grab that thing by horn and by seat, and you heave ho, throw it on the back of that horse. And that's what God calls us to do in First Peter, to heave ho all of your anxieties, all your burdensome aspects of your life. Just heave ho, put it on Jesus. Why? Because he cares for you. So, I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what is burdensome to you. But we're going to close in prayer. And um, we're going to take a moment, just like Brother West gave us this morning. We're going to take a moment and just heave ho. Heave ho. Give it to Jesus. I don't know what's, I don't know what it is, but some of you need to really heave ho today. Because Jesus cares for you. Some moments of quiet. You and Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed today's message like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Hero. Have a blessed day.